Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God as we find it written in Paul's letter to the Romans, reading there in the 8th chapter, beginning at the 33rd verse. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, dear friends in Christ Jesus. Again, we may say it's rather dark and a gloomy Sunday, a bit on the foggy side, but I do hope and pray that we are all happy to have the privilege of being here in God's house and worshiping him this Lord's day. This is the 17th Sunday after Trinity. We are slowly and gradually coming to the end of another church year. The text that I just read for this morning is taken out of Paul's letter to the Romans, the letter that he wrote to the Christian congregation in Rome. Now, Paul had never been to Rome, so we know that he did not establish this congregation. In fact, we aren't sure who did. He was writing to them when he was on his third missionary journey. The year was about 58 A.D. Paul was down in Corinth in Greece. And he had a longing and a desire that he wanted to go to Rome and he wanted to greet the Christians there. So he wrote this letter and in view of his coming, he wanted to encourage them and to give them comfort. And in this text, he says to them, in order to give them this comfort and this encouragement, he says, uh, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He said, Roman Christians, do you know of anybody who will be able to separate us from God's love, that God will stop loving us and that God will take back his salvation from us? Do you know of anybody out there in life that would be able to drive a wedge between us and God so that God would say, I'm going to take back the salvation in Christ that I have given that Christian? Paul says, do you know of anybody out there? Paul says, I don't. Paul said, do you know of anything out there lying, waiting, that is able to separate us from the love of God, to break us off from God, that God would say, I've got to stop loving you, and I've got to take back my life and salvation? Paul says, I don't. And then he says, nay, and all these things. He said, and all those things that lie out there that would like to drive a wedge, that would like to separate us from God's love, that would like to cause God to withdraw his salvation and life that he has given us, Paul says, in all those things we are more than conquerors through Christ. 
You may say, what was he saying to them for comfort and encouragement? This is what he was trying to tell the Roman Christians. He was saying, listen, Roman Christians, of one thing you can be sure, you can be certain of your salvation. You can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are saved as a Christian. You can know that when death comes, you are going to heaven because bear in mind, you are more than conquerors. You are conquerors plus. You are conquerors and then some over all these things that would try to separate you, that God would withdraw his love and that God would say, I'm going to take back my salvation. You can be certain, and so he was saying to them in comfort and encouragement, you've got it made, Christians. You know that you're saved. Therefore, go on and continue. Don't drop back. Don't drop out. Don't be a fallout. Uh, Don't say, I can't make it. Go on. You're more than a conqueror. As a conqueror plus, go on to victory. Uh, Don't ever stop. And today, as you and I look out on our world in this 20th century, we may say, if only I could be sure that I'm safe. If only I could have the certainty that in Christ that I'm going to heaven when I die. And Paul says to you and me this morning to encourage us, Paul says you can be certain You can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are saved because you are more than conquerors. You are conquerors plus. There is nothing, Paul says, in all the world that can ever cause God to take his love from you and cause God to take back his salvation that he has given you in Christ. And you and I may say, I wish to God I could believe that. We may look in fear and we may say, there's a lot of things out there that I think could cause God to take his salvation back. I wonder, does God really love me that much that I can bank on this promise that there's nothing, absolutely nothing out there. There is no person, there is no force, there is no trouble, there is no trial that shall ever simply drive a wedge between me and my God and his love that God will say, sorry, son, I've got to take back that salvation that I have given you. Does God really love you and me that much? Paul says to you and to me this morning, remember, you are not only conquerors, you are more than conquerors. You are conquerors plus. You are conquerors and then some more. You've got even more than that. You've got it made. Don't stop. You've got it made. Go on. Don't ever drop out. There is nothing that can never cause you to lose it. Go on. You've got it made. Don't ever say, I can't make it anyway. Go on as a conqueror plus the victory. Does God really love you and me that much? Is his love that great in your life and mine that you and I can say, and God's going to see to it because I'm more than a conqueror, that there's nothing lying out there in future that can ever separate me from him and cause him to take back his salvation, that I can be absolutely certain that I am saved. This is what Paul would remind you of because in the first place he says this, God loves you and me so much that he will see to it, that he will always justify you and me even when others accuse us and condemn us. You may say, I'm a little afraid to feel that I'm certain of salvation. There's too many out there that knew me when. There's too many out there that can stand before God and accuse me. Can you imagine anybody standing before God and accusing anybody that had it coming to him any more than to accuse Paul? Paul was writing these words. Paul knew that there were those who could say, 
You mean to tell me, God, that you saved this guy, Paul of Tarsus? You mean to say that you have saved him who went out and who killed Christians and who locked them up, who stood there and allowed them to stone Stephen? Do you mean to say that such a derelict like this, that God, you would save him? In other words, there are accusers who would say, do you mean to say, and try to tell God, God would say, oh, I'm awfully sorry that I ever saved this man, Paul, who was a murderer and who was a persecutor. I'm awfully sorry. I'm going to take back my salvation that I've given him. And Paul says, uh, who shall again stand, he says, and lay anything to the charge of God's children? Could this perhaps be your story and mine that we could say, there's too many out there that knew me when. There are too many out there that accuse me before God. How in the world can I say I've got it made that I can be certain of salvation? How many of us, is this your story that you can say when I was a kid, I gave my parents a rough time. I did everything that I could do in order to give them heartaches and I did everything that I could do to be disobedient. I treated them miserably. I didn't obey. I didn't mind them and they know it. I gave them many a heartache. I did so many things out of spite and out of enmity, and I did everything to try to hurt them, and they knew it. And then when they grew old, I acted like I didn't know them. And again, I didn't care whether they lived or whether they died. You and I may say, but I came to Christ. How in the world can I be certain of my salvation? Or we may say that I have gone out and I've carried a grudge against my fellow man and I've hated men. And when I didn't like them, I had a chip on my shoulder. And believe you me, when anybody mixed with me, I really gave them what they had come until. There are a lot that can accuse me. And as regards living a virtuous life, I lived, is this your story? I lived for sex. I lived to go out and to sow all the oats that I could. I didn't care about my family. I didn't care when my kids knew that I was going to break up that home. I didn't give a rot about them or my wife or my husband. What did I care? I live for myself and everybody knows it. I've done things that are irreparable and I can't make them up. And you mean to say, preacher, that I, because I've come to Christ, that I can stand and when the world accuses me, and rightly so because they knew me when, that I can be certain of salvation? You mean to say that I went out and I was dishonest when I stole and I cheated and people know it? And when they look at me and they say, there's somebody who is guilty of theft. When again in my words I blacken people and I put the worst construction on everything. And I started rumors that weren't true because I wanted to hurt people. You mean to say that I can go through life when there are accusers who stand there and condemn me? That I can say that I can be certain of salvation. And Paul says, that's what I mean to say. You are more than a conqueror. He says, who is it that does the forgiving anyway, Christian? Is it God that forgives or is it the accuser? Who is it that condemns? Does God condemn or, uh, again, do the accusers do that? And he reminds you and me that God is the one who forgives. That in Christ Jesus, God says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be whiter than snow. I've washed your soul whiter than snow. I have washed your soul of your guilt and your punishment. Let the world stand and let it say, I knew you when, and let it accuse you. God says, remember, Christian, you are more than conquerors. You're a conqueror plus. I do the forgiving. 
And in Christ Jesus, because my son came into the world and died for you, because he gave his life and he bore hell and damnation for you, I have forgiven you and I have forgotten your past. And therefore, he says, and besides, here is my son, as Paul said, who is it that died and rose again? None other than Jesus. He died and he rose again. Who is it that makes intercession for us? Who is it that pleads our cause? And God says, your Savior, Christ, my son, pleads your cause and says, Father, forgive them for my righteousness sake. I died for all those sins. And then God says, and I forgive you and I wash your soul whiter than snow. Who is there out there that can condemn you? This is what Paul was writing home. He says, and I want you to know you are more than a conqueror. You say, we're conquerors plus. Yes, there isn't anything out there. There is no accuser. There is no one, barring no one, who can accuse you and me before God. And I don't care what your past has been or mine. I don't care what people can accuse you and me of. It can be the worst and it can be irreparable and you can't undo it. But I do know this, that God is the one that forgives and forgets. And therefore, Paul says, listen, you are more than a conqueror. You're a conqueror plus, and I like that. You're not only a conqueror, but you're more. You're even more than that. You're a conqueror plus. You've got even more than that because we also have this assurance that God says, and now you can start to forgive yourselves. When we know that we are more than conquerors, when we have turned to Christ, Paul learned to forgive himself. Paul learned to know God is forgiven. Therefore, I have this assurance because God has obliterated all my past from his mind. I forgive myself. When he started to forgive himself, here was assurance. This is comfort to you and me in the Christian life. We may say to ourselves, can I be sure that I'm saved? And Paul says, absolutely you can. Beyond the shadow of a doubt, don't you realize that you're more than a conqueror? You're a conqueror plus God has forgiven and forgotten, and you've got this assurance you can forgive yourself. You can forget it and stop it. It's irreparable. It's history. It's gone. And therefore, today, when we say to ourselves in this 20th century, what comfort do I have that I'm going to make it? What comfort do I have of that again, that I have in salvation in Christ, uh, that I can be certain of it, that when death comes, I know that I'm going to be saved, and that, again, that I have in Paul says, this is it. You're more than a conqueror. We ought to write it on our souls this morning and say, I know this and I'm saved. I may not feel it. You and I as a Christian, because we have turned to Christ, we've got the right to say every day, I know that I'm saved. Whether I feel it or not, I know that I am because he has washed me in his blood and I put my faith and trust in him. And therefore, because I've got it made, I'm going on and I'm never going to say that I just can't make it. I'm going to turn aside. I'm going on as a conqueror plus to victory. Then when they say, this is what I'm going to do, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to be a dropout. As we go on, we're going to thank Christ that he loved you and me that much, that he came and died for our sins, that he pleads for us. And when the time comes in your life and mine, that we can thank him and say, oh, to thank the Lord God that you came and you died for me. To think that again you silence my accusers. They, they can accuse me, but it doesn't get anywhere. They can't separate me from you. They can't drive a wedge. You've forgiven me. And when we thank him, then there comes the joy of this assurance in your life and mine growing so that we can even close the door on yesterday. How many of us have still got the door open from yesterday? When again, we are more than conquerors. We can thank Christ and say, I know that I am saved. Paul closed the door on yesterday. It was history. It was past. 
it was done. It couldn't be undone, but it was obliterated in the mind of God. When you and I can have that certainty, then there is this joy and this assurance in life that we can say, I, I closed the door to yesterday. My conscience will stop torturing me on that of the past. It's over. It's forgiven. This is comfort. You see, you and I are more than conquerors. We're not only conquerors, but we're conquerors plus. We're conquerors and then some. Oh, he was riding to the Christians at Rome and he was telling them, you can be sure that you're saved in all this world and everything so uncertain you can have the certainty because remember that in all those things out there that would molest you and would try again to simply drive a wedge between you and God's love that God would say, sorry, I've got to take back my salvation. Paul said, there's nothing out there that can do it. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? There just isn't anything, Paul says. You're more than conquerors. And because we are, we may say, does God really love me that much? Does God love me that much that God assures me that there's nothing out there, barring nothing, that can ever separate me from him, that can ever cause him to say, sorry, son, I'm going to take my salvation back. And we may say, well, how so? Well, because Paul, in the second place, he reminds you and me that God loves you and me just so much. Because, again, we are more than conquerors that he assures us that no tribulation, the very worst, whatever it is, shall ever be able to come and separate us from him or cause God to stop loving us that he would say, I'm sorry, I've got to take back my salvation. We may look out and say, who knows what's coming? We're living in this 20th century and we say, oh, we look at the future and we say, it's pretty dark. Pretty dark. What, what, what's going to be all this with? Again, here is communist China. Will they get into the United Nations? What's going to be the effect then on Chiang Kai-shek and his government? Uh, where are we going? What's going to happen over there in Israel and with the Arab world? What's going to happen over here with this election that is coming off now in Vietnam? And we say, who knows what's coming? We look and we say, what about it? And Paul says, who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? And he says... How you think tribulation will do it? When he was writing to the Romans, he knew what he was talking about. This wasn't theory. He knew what with three missionary journeys what he had gone through. He knew what tribulation was. He said, do you think tribulation is ever going to be so great that it's going to be able to simply tear you and me away from God's love, that God will say, you've been torn away from me. It's more powerful than I am, and therefore I've got to withdraw my salvation. Paul, do you think tribulation will do it? Do you think distress? Paul knew what distress was. Do you think... Persecution will do it. Paul had been persecuted. Do you think that he says famine might do it? He knew what it was to be hungry. Think nakedness would do it. He was a day and a night in the deep, you know, wondering what was going to happen. You think peril, he says, dangers. They've been out after my life. Do you think the sword will do it? He wasn't talking theory. He was talking about the things that came. He says, I want you to know that none of those things were so powerful that they ever could carry me from the hand of God. He assures you and me this, that you and I have got it made. We can be certain of salvation, and we ought to go on and say, I've got it made, and I simply can make it. I am more than conqueror. Do you know of any distress that was ever able to rest Paul from the hands of God? You and I may say, but I, I don't know what's coming in my life. It may be terrible. Uh, some of these things may be horrible, and I don't think I'm going to be able to stand it. But listen, we've got a God uh, who still rules the world. God who says, I've got you in the palm of my hand. There isn't any power. There isn't anything out there. There isn't any adversity. But what again? It's under my control. And then we may say, but God, oh my load, you don't know how much I've got, God. I, my load is greater than I can bear. And God says, oh no, it isn't. I've never been known to 
put a ten-ton load on a ton-and-a-half truck. If you've just got a ton-and-a-half truck, I have never put a ten-ton load on it, have I? God will say, I watch it. Oh, again, it's going to come. Trial and tribulation, as Paul said, it is written that he says, uh, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Again, Paul said, this is what happens to those that are Christians. We can expect it, but God says, listen, son, there isn't anything out there. I don't care what you think is going to come. that will never be able to separate you from me that I'll take back my salvation. It just won't happen. First of all, I'm too powerful, and whatever I allow happen, I'll give you strength. And so we say, can I be certain of one thing in this uncertain world? And Paul says, don't forget, you're not only a conqueror, but you're a conqueror plus. You're a conqueror in them some. There isn't anything out there. Paul says, even imagine the worst. Cast the fashion of the greatest evil. It'll never be able to separate you from the love of God. It just didn't do me that way, and it won't do you that way. And then you can go on, and you can say, I can make it. I know that I'm saved. Nothing's going to get in between and drive a wedge between me and God and cause God to say, sorry, son, I've got to take it back. I can't any longer save you. And we can go on as being conquerors plus, we can know that God will even take the worst that comes and he'll overrule these things for our good. God says, I'll even make a reversal. And you and I say, how can God take evil and reverse it for good? Well, the most shining example is stand at the cross. Don't ever forget that the greatest reversal that ever took place in human history took place at Calvary. Not only did God's son die for you and me, but he died in the most shameful and disgraceful way that you could put a human being to death in that day. It had to be the cross. That was horrible. He died, as the Word of God says, even the death of the cross, the most shameful, disgraceful way in which a human being could die. The Roman would die by being beheaded, but the disgraceful person died in disgrace when he was put on a cross. And then God reversed it. It's rather strange. And the shameful, hideous cross that just simply was abhorrent, again, God took it and reversed it. And we stand at Calvary and we rejoice in the cross. We build our churches cruciform. We put uh, crosses on the altar. We wear crosses again around our necks. We say the beautiful cross and we talk about it. That's like wearing a hangman's noose around your neck or having a gallows around your neck, or a gas chamber, or an electric chair. That's what the cross was. It was the most shameful, disgraceful thing you could do to a human being. And God says, in the same way, I will go ahead and I'll overrule everything that I allow to come, that it'll be a blessing in your heavenward journey, uh, that you can have it. this added assurance that these things are going to be blessings, and someday you'll agree with me whether you see it or not. We ought to say this to ourselves then as we go out and face an uncertain world. There's one thing that I can be sure of, and that is I can be sure that I'm saved. I am more than conqueror. That may again cause us to stop saying, I'm a conqueror and more than, I'm a conqueror plus. Why? Because Paul said there isn't anything out there that's ever going to be able to separate you and drive a wedge between you and God that God's going to say, sorry, son, I can no longer love you. I'm going to take back my salvation. Well, that'll never happen. When you and I ought to say to ourselves every day, I know this and I'm saved. Well, that doesn't mean we're stuffed shirt and we're pharisaical and we're self-righteous. We can say, I know this, that I'm saved in Christ Jesus because there's nothing out there that can cause God to take this salvation from me. And when we can say that, 
We're saying, I'm going on. I'm not going to stop. And I'm going to put tomorrow into Christ's hands. This is what Paul learned to do. I wonder how many of us have gotten to the place in life where we have learned. I mean relearned to put tomorrow in the hands of Christ. I wonder how many of us just stand and shake and our knees simply give way because uh, we just have not learned to live for today. We're, we're living in tomorrow. And we're just casting the fashion of all kinds of evil that will come. And we're saying to ourselves, how in the world can I ever make it? How in the world can I ever be saved when I look on the horizon and it's so written with blood and I don't know what's coming? Paul learned one thing. He learned simply to listen to Jesus. And Jesus says, what are you worried about tomorrow for? You let me take care of tomorrow. And when we can say to ourselves, I know that there's nothing out there in the future that will ever be able to simply wrest me away from God, that God will have to take his salvation... Then we can say, Lord Jesus, I'm putting tomorrow in your hands. And Jesus says, let me take care of tomorrow. You've got enough troubles for today. And you and I have, haven't we? Sufficient for this day are the troubles today. And he said, don't borrow them tomorrow. He said, I'll still be with you tomorrow. And I'll still be here with all my strength. And I'll take care of tomorrow. And then when we can say, I know that I'm saved because... I'm going to live for today, one day at a time. And then when this assurance grows, we can end the day and say, well, I know this. I know this. He didn't take his salvation away from me today. There was, no, there was no adversity that came today that I couldn't bear. We closed yesterday, didn't we? We came to the end of the day, and I don't know about you, it was a pretty long one for me. But at the end of yesterday, I must say this, that God didn't send any adversity in my life that uh, separated me yesterday. Did it happen to you? Was there something yesterday that just simply rested you against your will away from Christ that didn't happen? And I'm sure tonight, when you and I get ready to lay our head on the pillow, we'll be able to say, and I got to another day. He didn't, uh, again, he surely didn't withdraw his salvation from me. Uh, it's been a busy day, but I had strength for the day. There was no adversity that came and just tore me out of his hand. And uh, again, I, I've been a conqueror today, and I know he'll overrule it. Whenever you and I, again, can say, I, I know that I'm saved, and today, just today, see, and whenever we can put it in his hands for tomorrow, this comes. The big difficulty comes, doesn't it, when we are doubtful about our salvation is when we just don't take him at his word, and we just don't tell Jesus, now here, uh, I'm putting tomorrow into your hands. Oh, Paul would comfort us, and we say as Christians, I don't think I can make it. I don't think I can ever carry on to the day of my death. And Paul says, now, wait a minute. Let me tell you, who's there out there that can separate us from the love of God? Do you know of anything out there, any person, any event, any accusers, any adversities? And Paul says, I don't. He said, we're more than conquerors. You're a conqueror and you're a conqueror plus. We may say, does God really love me that much that God says, you're saved. You've got it made. Keep on going. Don't give up. Don't throw in the sponge. Don't throw in the towel. I don't say I can't make it. Sure, you can make it. You're a victor. Go on to victory. Why? Because Paul reminds you and me too that God loves you and me so much that he sees to it that Satan and all the fallen angels and hell and the principalities of darkness shall never be able to separate you and me from his love and cause him to say, I've got to take my salvation back. Paul says, how about angels and principalities and powers? You and I may say, look at Satan. Oh, how many times did Satan come to tempt Paul? 
How many times did Satan come to him when Paul talked about the thorn he had in the flesh? He said it was Satan. Uh, Satan come in and trying to tempt him to sin, to turn his back on Christ, to go out and to live for the world. And do what I may say, how can I ever hope to be saved when a Satan tempts me like he does? You young folks, believe you me, you're in for it and you're getting it, aren't you? Satan who has no conscience, he again is tempting you to sin in every way imaginable. First of all, he comes to you and tells you, who are your parents? You never asked to be born, did you? Why in the world did they ever bring you into the world? Go out and live for yourself. You don't need them. What's the idea of trying to be? What do you care whether you hurt them? Go out and live it up. What do you care whether you go out and live in spite? If you don't like something, go burn it down. That's all right. If this is the establishment, what do you care? And as far as virtue, oh, Satan likes to tell you, doesn't he, young man? You are a, you are a virtuous prude or you a virtuous nut. Why, you girls, if you expect the boys to date you, do you mean to tell me that you think that you can go out and you can't go all the way, that if you're not going to put out, how do you ever expect that that boy is ever going to ask you again? Where did you get such a silly idea? Why, take the pill, you know, that's the thing. Are you afraid of getting pregnant? Don't worry about that. Just take the pill and you go out and enjoy yourself. And if you happen to have a babe, that's all right. Don't let that worry you. Oh, you say, how in the world in God's name can I go on? Because there is conscience. And Paul says, listen, Satan and all the principalities and powers of hell, he says, they can't ever cause God to stop loving you take back his salvation because God says with all the power of hell God says don't forget I'm there and Jesus is there and all you need to say is give me the strength and say no that's all Satan can't reach up and tear you and me away from God it can't be done it just can't happen I don't care what Satan throws at you and me Paul says you're more than conqueror through Christ. When we have Christ, he's bigger than Satan. He's bigger than all the forces of hell. You and I can stand and say, Satan, come on with all of it. You're not going to deceive me. You're not going to have me kick over the traces. You're not going to have me say there isn't such a thing as right, there isn't such a thing as wrong. Because when I do, I know you. When my conscience troubles me and I stand there and you laugh at me and you tell me you're lost and you're damned, God doesn't want anything to do with you. And this brings despair. We are more than conquerors, young friends. There isn't anything out there. I don't care how powerful Satan is, much more powerful than you and I. And all the powers of hell, Paul says, they can't ever tear you away from God. Therefore, Paul says, listen, you've got it made. Go on, don't stop. You are more than conqueror. You've got this assurance that even in the moment of death, Paul says, Satan won't have any power over you when you're weak and you're dying and you're incoherent. Uh, Satan won't be able to snatch you away from God. He says, Christ will be there. Don't you ever forget. He'll be there. Nobody's going to snatch you away from him. And whatever thoughts may come when you are in a delirium and then you are weak, whatever thoughts may come, this Jesus that intercedes is there and he's forgiving you so that you are still his. 
Even at the moment of death, you are more than conqueror. There isn't anybody that's going to separate you from God. We ought to say this then to ourselves, God. I want to say every day in my life that I know I'm saved. I may not feel that I'm saved, but I know I am. Because I know there's nothing out there that can separate me, God, from you. I know that I'm a conqueror, and I'm a conqueror plus. I, I'm more than a conqueror. I am a conqueror plus everything else. When we say that, we ought to say, God, I'm going on. I am going on. I know that I've got it made, and I'm going on, and I'm going to keep on in Christ in spite of my weak faith. And some of us may say, but oh, my faith is so weak. Oh, preacher, you don't know how weak my faith is. May I say, what do you mean weak faith? What do you mean? Weak in respect to what? Is it weak in respect to somebody whose faith is a little stronger, you think? Or again, is it weak just as regards everybody's faith being weak? Paul's faith was pretty weak too. But you know, I don't know about your Bible. You know my Bible. Does your Bible say anything about the fact that if you and I have a weak faith that we can't make it? My Bible says something of this and it comforts me no end because I've got a weak faith too and I know you have. And I know others have got a stronger faith than I, and I'm probably mine stronger than somebody else, but I know mine could, be, mine could be stronger because we're all to pray for a stronger faith. But you know, my Bible says something like this to me. Uh, God says, why, a broken reed, he says, I'd never think of breaking. God says to me, if your faith, son, is so weak that it's like the broken reed or like the stem of a flower and it's broken over, God said, you think that I would ever tear that off? Uh, God tells me that even though my faith is awfully weak, God says it's still a saving faith. I'd never think of taking my salvation from you. He said, a, a smoking flax, I, I'd never put out. Is your faith just like something that just, it's just smoldering, but there's no flame, just smoke? Do you mean to tell me that God says that I would pour water on it, that I'd kill that, that I'd squelch it and I'd squinch? Oh, God says, oh, no, oh, no. Uh, God says, why, a, a weak faith, if that's what you got, why? I'd never think of withdrawing my salvation from you. What kind of a love do you think I've got? And because God said, if you'll just keep on, with all that weak faith, if you just say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to hold on to you for dear life. I know that I'm saved. I'm more than a conqueror, and I know there's nothing out there that can ever take me away. I know that I'm going to win because I've got you even though my faith is weak. This is comfort. Sure, your faith and mine is weak. Who's this? But I know this, that a weak faith saves. I know this, that so he will temper. When they accuse me, he will give me strength to say, don't worry about those that accuse you. When adversities come, he'll say, even though you've got a weak faith, I'll see that the adversity isn't too big. Again, I'll see to it that on your trust that that load is going to be measured. It isn't going to be greater than that weak faith of yours. When Satan comes, I'll give you enough strength if you ask me. Don't you ever worry about that? When, again, we can say, well, there's only one way I can lose, and that is to turn my back on him. The only way in the world that you and I can lose salvation is to say, uh, I thought I had it made, but I, I'm, I'm giving you up, Christ, because I don't think I can make it and turn our back on him. And who wants to do that in weakness of faith? We've gone along so long to give up now when we're so close again, so close, perhaps closer than you and I ever realized, so close to the goal when we can say, God, I'm going on, even though my faith is weak, then we'll see this assurance growing that when we stand at that moment and we realize here's death, we will accept it. Why is it that we fear death so terribly at times? Why is it that we fight it and it's such a tragedy? Isn't it because we're afraid of it because we aren't sure that we're saved? But oh, when we can be certain, say, God, I'm more than conqueror. Christ, you're going to be there. 
You went to the grave for me, Christ, and you came back. Oh, and we can accept death when we say, I know that I'm going to die. I know that that's going to come. But I know that because I have Christ, that death is the gateway to life. I know it's a little dark there, but I know he's going to be there and hold on to me. Because I know he's going to be there just a few moments, and he's not going to let anything ever uh, simply uh, tear me away from him. And I know that just beyond the gateway, I'm going home. You know, what a comfort it must have been to Paul. He finally got to Rome. He didn't realize when he would go there to visit it. He went as a prisoner. He went in chains, you know. He wanted to go there again as the great missionary to the Gentile. When he got there, they put him in jail for two years. And they let him out a little bit. And then they rearrested him. And finally, he stood before his persecutors. And they said, Paul, you have been sentenced to death. And here was a brilliant man who had done so much for God. And nothing else mattered. Here was death. And there was the block. And I I feel sure that when the executioner said, Paul, you've got to lay your head down on the block, I suppose he shook hands with the executioner and said, I bear you no ill will. I imagine he said a good word for Christ, and the man said, I'm going home. When he laid his head down, I don't suppose they had to chain him or tie him. He laid his head down, and the executioner reached up with the sword, and off came his head. But Paul said, I'm I'm going home. I'm I'm not afraid of death, because I've got to pass. I'm, I'm going to be home with my heavenly Father. And when you and I can have this certainty, that we can say to ourselves, why, when death comes, I'm going to welcome it. Because this is the gateway. I'm going home. Everything's going to be all right. This is living at its best. Oh, that we can be certain of one thing, that we're saved. We are more than conquerors. And as we walk the glory road, let's don't forget to sing once in a while. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased by God, born of the Spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. We've got it made. Don't forget this morning, when you go out of church, you and I in Christ, we are more than conquerors. We are conquerors plus. Don't forget it. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all human understanding, keeping unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting.